plants thrive and grow in a peaceful, nourished environment, right? Well, it's the same with human beings. But what if that environment is not so peaceful? What if it's toxic? Welcome to Coffee Break, breaking the cycle of bullying in healthcare, one cup at a time. In this podcast, you'll get practical, evidence-based strategies to help you cultivate and sustain a healthy and respectful work culture by tackling an age-old problem in healthcare, bullying and incivility. I am your host, Dr. Renee Thompson. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Coffee Break podcast. We talk a lot about bullying and incivility. I'm going to tell you uh, one of the sisters in that group is burnout. And bullying, incivility, burnout, they happen because they can. And it really takes dedicated leaders like you to actually do something about it. And that's really what this podcast is all about. It's giving you the tools and the strategies and the resources that you need to actually address these issues that are so prevalent now in healthcare. And today I have a special treat for you. Today, I'm excited to actually welcome Michelle Trosett and Dr. Tracy Christofferson to our show, who are going to talk about burnout as it relates to polarity intelligence. So let me say that phrase again, polarity intelligence. I cannot wait to have this conversation. So welcome, (laughs) Michelle and Tracy. Oh, thank you, Renee. It is so great to be here. We know we're with a treasured colleague and a dear friend, and we're looking so forward to being on your podcast today. Yes, indeed. Thanks so much for inviting us. Oh, well, I've been looking forward to this day for a really long time. And just to officially introduce Michelle and Tracy, they are co-founders of Missing Logic. They equip leaders with the Missing Logic to combat burnout and create and sustain work-life balance and healthy work environments. They've been interprofessional leaders, friends, and colleagues for over 30 years. They are co-hosts of a top healthcare leadership podcast called Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast. And I've been a guest on their show and their, their podcast is just fantastic, just so you know. Well, with a combined experience of more than 60 years, and I was trying to do the math here between you two, because you don't look a day over about 30, 40, okay? I'm just saying. Oh, just bless saying. you, yeah. Renee, bless you. <laughs> right there with you. Uh, but they've been working as consultants and coaches. They really strive to create healthy and healing work cultures. They have this framework. It's called Dynamic Balance Effect Framework, which is designed to help healthcare leaders create work-life balance, live with intention, and be their best self at work and at home through their leadership coaching and mentoring programs. And they are the authors of a new book called Polarity Intelligence, The Missing Logic in Leadership. Polarity Intelligence helps leaders overcome conflict, diverse perspectives, and persistent problems, which is central to their success in all areas of life. And I know one more thing about these fabulous ladies. They like good wine, okay? <laughs> I'm just 
thing. <laughs> we have a love fest for good wine, and they have really mentored me into some of the finer wine. So I appreciate everything about you ladies. And so just well, thrilled to have you on the show. That's right. Thank Life you. is too short to drink bad wine. <laughs> I couldn't agree. I cannot agree with you more. So, okay, I mentioned and I said it twice, polarity intelligence. Yeah. And we're talking about how does this relate to burnout and leadership well-being? So, ladies, what is polarity intelligence? And can you talk a little bit about this so our listeners can get a true understanding of what it is and how it impacts their well-being? Yeah, sure. Well, I'll start. This is Tracy and Michelle can add. But I think it to explain polarity intelligence, we first have to start with polarities. So a polarity is an interdependent pair of values or points of view, perspectives, and they appear to be contradictory or maybe even opposites to each other. Mm. But they actually need each other over time in order to achieve a greater purpose. Now, the best way for me to really explain this is to use a very a polarity that our body manages for us every day, all day, and that's inhaling and exhaling. Yeah. Right? So we have to inhale and we have to exhale to sustain life. We can't overfocus on inhaling or we're going to die. And if we overfocus on exhaling, we're going to die. Right? So true. one of the things that we know about polarities is that interdependent pair, right? We have to have both. So it really is about both and thinking. Mm -hmm. And there will be consequences guaranteed 100% if you overemphasize one pole and you neglect the other. And so this is kind of a, a logic that most people experienced or have experienced, but they don't know what it is. They don't know how to explain it and they don't know how it works. So understanding what a polarity is and differentiating that from a problem is kind of one of the first things when mm. it comes to polarity intelligence. And that's a big part of a polarity mindset. So one of the pillars in polarity intelligence is having a polarity mindset. Right. And that is being able to differentiate between a problem and a polarity and then know and understand that there's an invisible energy force that works between them. It separates them because they are separate entities, these values or perspective, but it also binds them together and you have to leverage that energy to get to that greater purpose. So polarity mindset is the first component. Now, Polarity intelligence is really about, one, understanding that polarities exist, understanding the principles that operate within polarities. Mm -hmm. But it's also, it's also about being able to overcome our own personal biases, ah. to be open and receptive to understanding a perspective that appears to be opposing or contradictory. And it's doing it in an unconscious way. Like we want polarity intelligence to be just like problem solving is for her leaders, right? We right. just problem solve. We've learned to problem solve since the time we were kids. So we really want it to be kind of an unconscious competence that they develop. All right. Mm -hmm. Now the other, Michelle, you want to talk about the other two components? Yeah. Of yeah. Polarity intelligence. So we know that having a polarity mindset, Renee, is not enough. Yeah. But there's two other really important components. And one is healthy relationships and the other one is meaningful mm -hmm. dialogue. Now, the relationships are really important, especially like Tracy described, the opposites. They seem opposing. 
Well, you need to be able to have cultivate healthy relationships, engage with important relationship skills, be intentional with your relationships, see the capacity of other people as an example, and come together around that shared purpose in your relationship. So right now in healthcare, so many relationships are transactional. In fact, we've seen data that it's become more transactional. So it's even more important that we're very intentional because healthy relationships are transformational. And then the dialogue component is also really important. You can't deal with competing priorities and you can't deal with polarities if you cannot engage with another person in dialogue. So that takes great listening, candor and diplomacy, which is really important to your work with bullying. How do I do that? Mm -hmm. And so again, being intentional in our conversation. So when you combine having a polarity mindset, having healthy relationships and engaging in meaningful dialogue, that combination helps to helps leaders to become polarity intelligent. So I, I'm curious about this, and I don't know if it's similar, but my brain goes immediately to this phenomenon, I guess. There are some people who are what I would consider binary thinkers. They love you. They hate you. Everything is great. Everything is awful. And I see those as polar opposites with no gray in between. Is that similar? And is that something that a leader can recognize their own polarity thinking maybe or their mindset and then recognize that, wait a minute, wait a minute, these are just opposites. It's the love, the hate, great, awful. It's just a polarity and maybe life really isn't that way. But there's that gray in the middle. I don't know. I'm just, that was the first thing that I thought about when you were talking about that kind of like the opposites. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're taught to be binary thinkers Mm -hmm. from the time we're little, right? We're taught. And as we grow up that, you know, when there is a challenge, even in school, as an example, right, you take a test, there's a right and a wrong. True. Right. And even when you think about starting your life out as an adult. Do I hack through Europe or do I go to school? (laughs) Do I have a career or do I have kids? Right. Right. So we're taught to think either or binary. Right. And then we also kind of build up this defense when we feel like our answer isn't right. Exactly. There's a right answer and a wrong answer. And that's where we get that binary piece. One is right. And one is wrong. But in polarities, both are equally important and both are right. So not everything that's opposite is a polarity. I see. They have to have an interdependent relationship and they have an interdependent relationship, right? You're getting to something greater when you have both than when you don't have both. Look at in healthcare, look at staffing. You have to recruit and retain to have the most optimal, high-performing staff, right? That's You true. can't just retain and you can't just recruit. Nope. And there's a downside if you overemphasize one and you neglect right. the other, right? So that's an example of an interdependent relationship. You have to have both. And when we try to use binary thinking and say, no, we just have to recruit, we're going to end up experiencing a negative consequence because of that. I totally get it now because I wasn't exactly sure how. That's why I said I was curious about that. But you're Uh right. And those are great examples because we see this show up all the time and especially in healthcare, And that's our audience right now. 
But I'm curious how this all relates to well-being, especially for the leaders, because in, in my world, what I'm hearing, and I know you're dealing with this too, is the emphasis is on the staff. It's on the team and making <laughs> sure that we're supporting the team yes. and we're recognizing the team and we're doing all these great things. But what about the leader? The leader isn't always being the one who's getting the support that they need. So I'm really curious, and I'd love to hear more about yeah. your work with healthcare leaders using polarity intelligence. Yeah, well, we asked ourselves that same question, Renee. And when yes. the pandemic hit, we saw a lot of attention on the front line and the teams. We saw leaders worrying. Oh, man, they were so worried about their teams. And we knew it was going to be a matter of time before the leaders were really going to be struggling because they are the linchpin of the system. And we knew mm -hmm. we the leaders are so important. And so we really need to help the leaders. So we turned our attention exclusively to the leaders. Uh, for the last three years, we've been working with leaders. And we started just with them, what they needed for them to understand how important caring for themselves was first mm -hmm. so that they could care for others. And through that work, we developed the Thriving, Resilient, Unstoppable Leader Program. And it's not an overnight, it's not a class. It's really giving right. them the tools to understand that there are many polarities working on them and in them. And one of the core ones, we help them with work-life balance is balancing their professional life and their personal life, as well as self-care and caring for others. And there's several personal polarities that are really important for leaders to, to pay attention to and then really recognize what are the barriers that are stopping me from being the best leader that I can be. Yeah, and can you talk a little bit about, because I, I can imagine a leader's listening to this right now and they may be thinking, wait, you you want to talk about my work-life balance? I can barely, my whole day <laughs> is focused on making sure I have enough staff so that I'm not working my department. Why do you think it's important for leaders, especially now, to re really start taking <laughs> a look at how they look at work-life balance? Because I don't think they do. I think they're so, you know, they're up to their necks in everything that they're responsible for that it's hard for them to do that. Why is this so important now? Yeah. Yep. Well, and I think you bring up a good point. It's what we've always done mm -hmm. yes. as leaders. Yeah. Servant leaders, serve everybody, put everybody else before myself. Therefore, I neglect myself. And I think one of the things that we're trying to bring around work-life balance is that many people don't believe it exists to begin with, mm -hmm. right? Never been able to achieve it. So therefore, just not possible for me, doesn't exist. I'm just going to keep doing what I've always done and hope things will get better, right? And what they have to recognize is that this is a polarity. And one of the key things to recognize about polarities is they're ongoing. Yeah. They're not like problems. You solve them and they go away. Polarities are always going to be there. And what is most important is to recognize and respect the tension between work and home mm. and how to leverage that tension. When you don't understand and respect that relationship, you won't be able to leverage them to get the best life you could possibly have. And so what we're trying to bring is we have to shift how we look at it. And we don't want to just 
continue and settle thinking, I'll never have that thriving life at home, right? I'm always, this is how it's always going to be for me. I'm always going to have to give all of my energy to work. Well, there are always times when the different aspects of our life are going to draw our attention to it. There's going to be more attention. Just look at the pandemic, right? Right. So there's, uh, that's always going to happen. What we're trying to teach is that balance is not 50-50, it's dynamic. And we want them to be able to serve and to be that incredible leader that they want to be and be with their family, be present in their life, make a difference for their children, their spouses, their communities, right? Have that fulfilling life at home while they have it at work. And they think it's not possible because they've just never been able to do it. But they weren't looking at it through this kind of a lens and understanding this is a natural law. You can't avoid this and you can't ignore it. It's a law, right? Just like gravity holds you to the earth. Yes, it does. This is a law. So that's why it's so important. It's interesting. I've been having some conversations recently. I am totally, when you talk about the leader who doesn't think that they can have work-life balance, they have so much work to do. I am so guilty of that. And I know many entrepreneurs, I used to say, I haven't taken a day off and since I started this company. And then I caught myself like, (laughs) why am I saying this? And even when I do take some time to be with my grandbabies, there's a part of me that feels guilty when I know my team is working. And I'm playing Candyland and Shoots and Ladders with a a little (laughs) Miss Olivia. But I'm catching myself now. I am catching myself. And I just had a conversation the other day with my daughter who works for us. And she had mentioned about working on the weekend. She's full time. Uh, Don't worry, I'm going to work on the weekend and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I finally said to her, I said, Court, here's the deal. If you want to take time, it's like because I I went and got my hair cut, so I'm going to work Saturday. I said, Court, I'm not tracking your hours here. And don't you think maybe you should start taking a look at setting some boundaries? Allow yourself to have the weekend off. If there's something you want to work on for an hour, okay. But it was almost as though she was justifying. I I took a couple of hours to get my hair done. So I'm going to work all weekend. And I'm I'm trying to be a better role model, first of all, for my team. Yeah. Taking, I started taking Sundays off as sort of a development day for myself. So I can read, I can, you know, do all those things, but I'm not allowed to answer email and do all that other stuff. (laughs) But I think this is such a common issue. And you're right, Tracy. We've just, it's the way it's always been done for It's a norm. It's a norm. And you know, it's the norm. When Tracy was explaining that, I was going to say, you know, Renee, the same thing goes for entrepreneurs. (laughs) Because we work with a lot of entrepreneurs as well. And it's the same principles, the same. And look at us, okay? Missing logic. We put out a book, we've got coaching programs. And we have to be very intentional with each other. We help support each other. And we even recently said as a team, how are we going to manage the change and stability, polarity? Because we have a lot of change going on right now. So we actually put, we use our polarity intelligence to move through that time. And it's a polarity, so it's never going to go away. But we had like organizations or anyone, you have a lot of change, then you got to pay attention to what you're doing to keep the things stable that are most important at that time. And I love that you're listening to the language because that Mm -hmm. really helps you stop the pattern, 
pause, make a different choice. And that that's what will lead to changing those norms that Tracy mentioned. Well, there are some studies too, Michelle, that have come out by AONL in relationship to why it's so important right yeah, now. So AONL has done a great job of just tracking nurse leaders through the pandemic and they're burnt out. They're large percentage, uh -huh. percentage of them want to leave. We hear, listen to them on a weekly basis and they are so burned out. And actually, we probably can put a plug in for our blog we wrote for you, Renee, back in September 27th with all that, that data in it. And, and because it's so beautiful. true. It is. Yeah, it is. And I think, again, we focus so much on our staff being burned out, but nobody's really taking a look at the leaders who are burned out. And, and even you said the language and the words that we use. I just read an article the other day that said, if you ask, 10 people. Hey, how are you? Eight of them will say busy. Oh, without a doubt. Bis yeah. Badge of honor, man. <laughs> yes. Busier I am, the better. Guilty. Oh my God. Oh my, I have so much work to do. Oh my God. This is, this, today's going to be a rough day. Do you look, I have no yeah. white space on my calendar. How many of us do that? Yes. It's a habit. Yes. And without being thoughtful, it, it is a habit, but how do we set some boundaries yes. and not make it so that we're, I don't know, we almost create this ourselves. So we do. They're, leader, they're leadership norms, right. like I said, right? And there are, are a number of them that people follow and their norms, they're unconscious. We've been indoctrinated with them from the time we became leaders. And it's role models for us, right? And then it becomes that norm and you don't dare go against the norm, right? So there's some stigma to that as well, right? And so that's some of the other work that Michelle and I, our intention is to bust through these norms. Let's establish new leadership norms yeah. where health and well-being is essential for a leader, where work-life balance is totally supported, right? Because they have to be able to role model for the right. staff. They do. And if they don't role model, the staff don't know how to do that either, right? And they can't be their best selves at work. If they're burnt out, exhausted, overwhelmed, they can't use good critical thinking and judgment. They can't help combat incivility, right? Like they don't have the bandwidth to manage all of that. So right. it's essential to the success of the organization and to the health and well-being, not only the staff, but the people they serve as well. Yeah. And I, I remember this. You're so right. And I can already hear the chatter from some of the people who are listening right now. Because this happened to me when I was a frontline manager, and it was the most stress I've ever been under, okay, when I was that manager. I, re I would come in at 6 o'clock in the morning to you know, meet my night staff. Sometimes I'd stay till 11 o'clock at night. I had two kids at home. I was doing work. This is when we would do like performance evaluations on paper. I did every single performance evaluation, either at my kitchen table on the weekend or in the stands watching my girls play softball. Huh? Okay, but because yeah. I had to get it done. And I'll never forget the time. It was three o'clock. I had been there since six o'clock. All right, already more than eight hours. When you're in a leadership role, you don't get paid for per hour, your salary. And I was leaving and I had one of my nurses say to me, must be nice leaving early. I was like, oh, <laughs> it was all I could do not to choke her. Seriously, <laughs> like I was beside myself. Yeah. You know, to your point, it, it's got to, it can't just be one person 
setting a boundary. It's got to be the organization saying well-being is important here. Yep. And helping their leaders and so that they can help their teams really understand mm. that, no, this is like a, we say a strategic priority is to make sure yeah, that our yes. leaders. It is. It is. Um, hey, Tracy and I, would, are we've been following the work of the National Academy of Medicine since we started Missing Logic. And there's there's an action collaborative, a national action collaborative to combat burnout. And. We've said right from the very beginning, it's an and and both. The system yeah. needs to change, absolutely. And everybody needs to take personal responsibility for their well-being as well. So it's an and and both. It's a polarity. Yeah, it's a polarity. Yeah, and so I'd really love to know from your perspective, like how can a leader actually apply polarity? Like how can they apply that mindset to really achieve mm -hmm. some type of balance? in their life, their professional and personal life? Yeah, so I think one of the best things that we have is what we call a dynamic balance blueprint. Mm -hmm. So what we're after, again, is that dynamic balance to recognize when I'm being pulled, when my attention is being pulled to my professional life or my personal life. So many of us have children or elderly parents Great or kids. like at any <laughs> any time you can get like your attention can get drawn like I need to ha give attention so it's about dynamic balance so what we actually do is help them map out what it is that matters most to them what is it that they want to achieve and whatever season of life they're in at both at work and at home because this isn't about balancing a mediocre life it's not about balancing just what we've got yeah. right it's about elevating in both ways because leaders want to grow and evolve and develop and make a difference. Mm -hmm. And they want to be a significant member of their family. They want to have good relationships. They want to contribute to their community. So it's about elevating the game at the same time that we're balancing. So it begins with identifying the outcomes and the consequences. Because like I said, yeah, when we overfocus on one and neglect the other, 100% guarantee over time you're going to fail and you're going to experience a negative consequence. So you have to know what's at risk. What am I risking mm -hmm. by overemphasizing one and neglecting the other? That tells you what's, what the game is all yeah. about, right? Uh -huh. It's about staying in the upper quad. It's about getting the positive outcomes all the time and experiencing very little of the negative consequences. Well, to do that, you have to take simultaneous action. You have to be acting in both sides mm -hmm. of your life all the time. Now, you don't have to be doing everything that's an action step to get the things you want. So if I get pulled towards <laughs> my professional life, like during COVID, I just need to maintain the priority action steps that are going to get me the most positive benefit so I can maintain positive outcomes in that aspect of my life and not experience the negative consequences. Okay. And then you got to have early warnings to do that. So a whole part of the dynamic balance blueprint is the outcomes, the action steps to get them, and then warning yeah. system. Warning, Will Robinson. <laughs> yeah. Danger, danger. You're starting to experience the negative consequence. Oh, my God. So that we can course correct quickly. Right. We get the early warning signs right now, and we ignore them. Well, it, it's so funny you bring this up because this is very real and very timely. I'm the type of person when I experience a lot of stress and I don't always recognize it, 
I start cleaning. Yep. And everything has to be clean in my yes. house. And I was in a situation recently. I, that's what I saw my mom do. When my mom was stressed, if her and my dad were arguing, she'd start cleaning. Like you always knew that mommy and daddy were arguing because the house was for clean. Okay. Everything was clean. <laughs> I'm the same way. I have that when I'm stressed, everything, I can't have any clutter around. Everything has to be clean. And I caught myself the other day. Yep getting testy with my husband because of how unmade the bed was. And it was, and I didn't even think about it until right now. That was my warning sign because, okay, so the bed wasn't made and the bed wasn't made the way I like to make it. And I got testy with him about that. How ridiculous is that? But that was a warning sign that yeah, <laughs> and everyone's are different, Renee. Everyone's I for, right. I start forgetting things. Like, and my husband will say no. that about me. I just and so there's a pattern. So, but every yeah. we've helped so many leaders do their blueprints, and there's some things that are common, but there's many things that are very individual based on that person. Yeah, yeah it's fascinating yeah. To, to look at, and this then you use the you, you, yeah, and you I, what it does is it makes it concrete. Yeah. So can't tell you how many times we've walked through and helped somebody create their map and they're like, oh my gosh. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. well, it makes it real. It makes it concrete and it makes it actionable because I actually know what I'm going after. It's right here in black and white. I know what's going to happen if I don't take these action steps. It's here in black and white and I know what's going to yeah. alert me, right? Like, so it just makes it very actual. People laminate them and... <laughs> Every day, right? Because the other thing about polarities, you have to be vigilant. The only one managed for us is inhaling and exhaling. Right. Right. Every other polarity, Mm -hmm. you have to be vigilant about it. So you need a tool to help you see it. And then we've developed some other processes. Yeah. So then after they get their blueprint, we also help them with things like boundaries. Like if you're going to have an action step, you might have to have a boundary to maintain that action step. Right. And help them be proactive. Time block on your calendar for the most important things. So many leaders don't Mm -hmm. do that. It's just amazing. And just really set intention for the week. Look ahead. What's coming up? Are you traveling? Do you have a lot of engagements? Is there something going on in the healthcare system that you know is going to take more of your time? If you're proactive with it, that makes a big difference as well. As as some examples. I've um, read this, learned this from two different people. One is I'm in a coaching program and it's part of there. It's having a double win, win at work, succeed at life, kind of a mantra, very much in alignment with what you're doing. And the other is somebody that I've been following said the same thing. Let's say at the beginning of your year, you take a look and you block off the vacations you want to have, mm-hmm. the holidays, the weekends, whatever days you want to have off. If you know there's something going on with your family, you block them off first. And then everything else you fit in around that. And then you do that also on a, a monthly or weekly basis too. So what are the things that fill my cup as a human being and being around my friends and family and spending time? So we're having our vacation coming up. Our kids are coming to to spend time with us. So I'll get to be with my daughters yep. and my grandbabies, my son-in-law. And so blocking that time off yep. yeah. is important to, to me, obviously. But I think even just in a, a, a weekly basis, oh, what's yeah. important oh, to yeah. me, yeah. block that time off first before anybody else gets on my calendar. Yeah. 
Well, it's like Michelle said, being proactive. So it's right. looking ahead at the week to say, what's going to draw my attention this week, mm-hmm. right? And what's going to serve me and fill me up? Like if I have a heavy schedule at work, let's say there's some big initiative going on and it's going to require me to be there quite a long time and a lot of days and that I know my attention is being drawn to work this week. So what on my list of activities that fill me up, help me be restored and rested? What is going to be most important for me to maintain this week when I have to give the majority of my attention to work? Right. So that I do, I maybe it's my sleep. Maybe I the most important thing I need to do is get to bed at the same time and get a certain amount of sleep. Maybe the most important thing is a relationship that I have, that I really give attention to that relationship. Maybe it's a relationship with my children or something, right? You don't, it's different for everybody, but it's identifying what's the one or two things that I absolutely have to do so I can show up over here. Yeah. And I don't end up burned out at the end of the week. But it's because life is dynamic. Every week is going to be different. And at the same time, you can bake things in. So as an example, I have a Michelle Day one Saturday every month because I recognize, man, I kind of miss my time alone because, you know, COVID, you're home all the time. And so, you know, and my husband knows I just take the car keys. He's like, where are you going to go? I don't know. You know, so I might end up at my favorite bookstore, Mm -hmm. my favorite wine shop and buy a pair of shoes. I don't know what's going to happen, but that helps my mental health. (laughs) It sounds like such a perfect day. I'm just, I love books. I love wine and food. So, hey. (laughs) That's great. Because I think to your your point, Michelle, you've got to block off some time for you and it's interesting as you've been talking about this, I'm thinking of my two daughters. One is an extreme extrovert and she's at a conference right now. She is in her glory. She is around people. She is so happy. She will be upset when it's over. She will cry and say, oh, I don't want it to end. My other daughter just came back from a conference and she basically said, I don't want to talk to anybody. I have to go in my dryer for two days. Like when you leave clothes mm-hmm. in the dryer and you forget about yeah. them, that's what we call it. Now. She needs to go in her dryer. But everybody has right. their, like what they need as yes. a human being to feel, for lack of a better way of saying it, alive and to thrive. And yeah. you have to figure that out. Yes. You can't just yeah. Yeah. It, assume it'll figure itself out on your behalf, you have to be proactive. Exactly. That's why every blueprint's individualized. It's like Michelle calls it an individualized care plan. Yeah. Right. Can't so it's that, it is. It's really like what works for me. And then some of it is testing over time. Yeah. And you know, when you're starting to experience those warning signs, it's the cue to say, okay, am I not taking the action or is the action I'm taking not effective? Right. Do I need to do something else? Right. And is there something else I need to try or do I need, it is, but I need to do more of it. Maybe I've been inconsistent, right? Well, I think so. it helps you to check. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's a a double check. Yep. And the other thing is, you know what? Other people sometimes know us better than we know ourselves. (laughs) Well, so, you know, those early warning signs, our spouses, partners, children, (laughs) other people, friends that are close to us can say, excuse me, I'm noticing something here, right? 
They could tell you what your early warning signs are if you don't know them. Yeah, I can <laughs> and imagine. they probably do tell you. Well, yes, and I can imagine, Michelle, your husband saying, what's going on? You've been more forgetful oh, yes. lately. Yeah. You know, so he knows your warning signs. And yeah, he does. Yeah, my husband certainly knows sure, mine. they do. Um, so as we wrap up, could you give us any actions or strategies leaders can take to, to really get better at this polarity thinking and really understand the difference between is this a problem or a polarity? Yeah, they can buy our book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all mapped out in the book. <laughs> I think it really begins first with asking yourself the question, is this a problem or is it a polarity? Mm. Because they come up, they show up over and over and over. So any problem you are experiencing for maybe the third, the fourth, the fifth time, like they, those problems that are not solvable or our polarities will show up over and over. So one thing is just to start there, right? Like, is this a problem or is it a polarity? And there are a few questions that you can ask yourself mm -hmm. to discern that. One, is it ongoing? Have I seen this before? Is this a pattern? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is this a pattern I've seen, right? Is it ongoing? The other is you can ask yourself, is there an interdependency here? Like, do we need both of these things, right, to get to a greater purpose? Is there, is, are there, is there an interdependent relationship someplace here that I haven't recognized before, like with retention and recruitment, right? Yeah. Is there a greater purpose that's going to get, that will get served and I will only achieve if I have both of these things? And then will there be consequences? Okay. Right. If I only give attention to one element, will there be a consequence? If you can answer yes to all those, you have a polarity. Got but it. first is exercising the muscle of, is this a problem or is, because we go right to problem solving. Always. It's our, it, it always, mm -hmm. that's our superpower. Mm -hmm. It's our superpower. The other superpower. thing just to add to that is all of us have a preference poll. So we go to problems, but we also go to where we're most comfortable. Because we may not even right. realize there's that interdependent pole that is also equally important for that shared purpose. Because it, we're just that's just where we want to go. Yeah, it's comfortable yeah. for yes. us. It's kind of our default exactly. mechanism exactly that we resort to. And I just think this is so incredibly helpful and timely. Because again, I talk to leaders every single day. I know you do too, but the leaders I'm talking to aren't looking for help with this issue, but they need help with this issue because taking a look at being a leader in today's healthcare world is uh, more challenging, I think, than it ever was. And yep. the, just the world in general makes it even more challenging. And I think to get very intentional, and I love, I'm going to keep thinking of this, being proactive not letting your life just happen as it happens because you're never going to achieve any type of balance if you do that. But how can you be a little proactive? I, I can't thank you enough for being uh, a guest on our podcast. Um, just so you know, everybody who's listening, we're going to have a lot of information in the show notes on where you can get Michelle and Tracy's new book, a link to their website. There'll be a link to where you can connect with them on LinkedIn. Just everything that we talked about, we'll have in the show notes. And as we conclude, 
is other than your new book that is out or coming out, I am beyond excited about this. Is there any other book that you would recommend or any other resource you'd recommend for our leaders to help them with their well-being? Well, one book that we work with Leaders Adams, we're strong advocates for is Now Discover Your Strengths for Leaders, specifically for leaders. Mm. And of course, that's Gallup's Strength Finders. Yep. It's been around for a long time, but we like the one for leaders because it really helps to see where you sit within the four leadership domains. And that also impacts your relationships with other people and maybe some polarities as well. So that's one we strongly recommend. Awesome. Another one I would say would be Atomic Habits. Oh, I have. I actually bought that book, read it, bought several copies, gave them to other people because because mo- we get our lost. habits. We don't get what we want. We get our habits. And Whatever habits is a big part of foundation yes. of the work that we do with leaders. So yeah, that's I couldn't one. agree more. And again, I just want to thank you for all of your good work that you're doing to help our leaders. Yeah. Like I said, a lot of times they don't even realize that they need the help because they're so focused on their teams and being the leader, but there's no way that they're going to be able to take care of their teams if they're not taking care of themselves. So thank you for being a guest on our show. And for you who are listening, I want you to think about this. It's easy to say, I don't have time for that or I can handle this. We're telling you, you can't (laughs) and you can't handle it well, okay? And we're all about creating a healthy work culture, professional, respectful, all of that. There's no way that you can be the leader that you need to be to actually cultivate a healthy work team if you're not cultivating a healthy you. And I cannot thank uh, you enough for being, for listening and for Michelle and Tracy for being on the show to, to help us with some of those strategies. So thanks everyone. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Coffee Break, breaking the cycle of bullying in healthcare one cup at a time. If you found these practical strategies helpful, we invite you to click the subscribe button and tune in every other week. For more information about our show and how we work with healthcare organizations to cultivate and sustain a healthy work culture free from bullying and incivility, visit HealthyWorkforceInstitute.com. Until our next cup of coffee, be kind, take care, and stay connected.